Backyard Conversations Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Backyard Conversations Podcast. Um, on this podcast, we like to talk about stuff that's maybe hard to talk about, stuff that needs to be Sorry. talked about in a way that will edify you and uh, edify your spirit, nourish your soul, and that will hopefully address the issues that we face today as youth and young adults. Um, and today, we're going to talk about, uh, personally, I chose this topic out and I wanted us to have a little possibly debate. I don't know how it's going to go because they don't, they don't know, know exactly do what's going to happen. <laughs> but All right. We're going to talk know. about, the question is, can rich people enter heaven, right? And that question might bring up a lot of people in your head. Uh, right off the bat, you know, there's a lot of preachers and pastors that got a lot of money nowadays. Uh, American evangelicals. Um, but uh, but uh, it's based off the verse in Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 24. So let me read it real quick before we start. And hopefully this will, uh, I mean, this might not be the typical episode, but I think it would be fun to just introduce some sort of like, you know, hermeneutics, apologetics, uh, debate sort of stuff and mm-hmm. conversations like that that you can, you don't have to just listen to us. You can have these conversations at home, you know, with your yeah. friends. You can have these conversations with uh, your family. It's, there's right. nothing wrong with disagreeing on the word. Um, if anything, it's better to have those conversations, you know. Um, right. The more we have these conversations, the more we unify and become, you know, one body in Christ and we can agree on more because nowadays we disagree on a lot. <laughs> and yeah. There's... I'm not even gonna lie. Specific denominations like to separate themselves because of these disagreements, when uh-huh. in reality they are secondary, tertiary, you know, topics that don't—they're not gonna not affect our. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, not gonna affect our relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um. But you know, so we should have these conversations. Right. So this is maybe like without, an introduction without compromising somebody's identity. Like, for example disagreement doesn't mean that i have to cast you out of my circle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we disagree <clears throat> on a few things from time to time so right yeah but um stick around i'm pretty sure that this is going to be edifying a blessing something you're going to learn something regardless of what the topic is um one thing that i i want to mention is the fact that we do prepare for these episodes it's not something that like was out of the blue this one you know you took your time to note note some stuff and separate some stuff so just pay attention and yeah and join us on your on the comments yeah tell Uh, us what you think yeah like comment something even if it's hello or hi or how you doing right (laughs) right just something please you haven't subscribed it helps with the algo subscribe yeah subscribe subscribe please yeah um but anyways tell us that verse man what does that verse? so we're heading into matthew 19 uh 24 is a specific verse but i'll read a little bit before i'll probably start with um We'll do 16, right? Verse 16. And I'm reading from the CSB if anybody out there cares. So verse 16, this is uh, uh, the the, t- the header here says the rich young ruler. A lot of y'all probably know this little passage. So verse 16, just then someone came up and asked him, teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, 
do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. He replies, I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. And so reading that, we can obviously tell that he did not want to give away all the stuff he had. He wasn't willing. Um, Then Jesus goes on to say, Jesus said to the disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And if we go a verse further, even the disciples are kind of like, what, what, what are you talking about? Because he says here, when the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, then who can be saved? You know, so they were, they, they, them too, they're like, what? No way. Because if we think about that, he says, a camel to go through the eye of a needle. There is no possible way a camel, camels are really big animals. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they are the biggest animal in that time that were found in that area, in, in Israel, the Middle East, they're probably one of the biggest animals you're going to find there. They're big animals. And they're strong. They can toss you around like a rag doll. Right. There's no way that's fitting through the eye of a sewing needle. Right. Something that even the, like you, you put the smallest little thread through that thing. There's no way. So right. if we go by it literally, the answer that we come to is th- there's no way a rich person can enter heaven. Mm-hmm. If it's easier to do that, then how 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 in the world is a rich person going to enter heaven? Right. But on the other hand, most of us, and I'm pretty sure you guys both will agree with this, and I'll ask you what you guys think. You know, right off the bat, too, is that our 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 our, uh, our first thought is that well, that can't be right because I, I think a rich person could enter heaven. Right. Right. Because you, we probably know a bunch of pastors and a bunch of preachers who they do have a lot of money. And if, if someone were to ask you, do you think, you know, this person is going to go to heaven? You'd probably say, ah, you know, I don't like him that much, but, you know, I guess so. You know, they're not perfect, but they'll probably still go to heaven. So our first thought is probably going to be, but that, that can't that can't be. Mm-hmm. Right. So my question to you guys is what, like, from that verse alone, what do you think? What do I think if a person, rich person can go to heaven? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Um, one thing that I think this verse brings out is the fact that people think that money is bad. And because this particular young man loved money, it's the reason why he's going to heaven or he's not going to heaven. Um, but in reality, money is not bad. It's the love of money that sometimes can interfere with with God and with salvation and stuff. Um, but can a rich person go, go go to heaven? I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. You know, the blood of Christ has been, uh, you know, cru- he was crucified for all. Not not just the poor or the, um, you know, the, the one that is in need. And it, it is able to cover everyone and everybody that chooses to believe in Christ, and it's sad to to uh, to say too that there has been a trending video out out there that is saying that poor people are more inclined to believe in God rather than rich people. 
um, because they have more necessities. But in reality, the rich people or the people, we're people. It's like we have necessities that go beyond money. We have physical necessities, yes. But we also have emotional and spiritual necessities that money cannot buy. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear that saying, like, money doesn't buy happiness. It might, it might bring you temporarily, like, happiness or, or for a short period of time. But, you know, it's not going to buy you uh, companionship, true companionship. It's not going to buy you uh, a, a true relationship or a true marriage. So, I think this verse is worth to dive deep into. Can a rich person go to heaven? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, I think the gift of salvation is for everybody, no matter the status of your finances, no matter if you're the status in between the social world, uh, no matter how people view you, no matter um, how you view the world, the gift of salvation is for everybody because everybody has a soul. Everybody must be before the, uh, the the throne of God. Everybody must face judgment before the throne of God. Uh, everybody needs to atone for their sins in which nobody can. Only through the blood of Christ, you know, we're forgiven. Um, automatically, when you when we, when we talk about money, when we say rich things, the first person that comes to my mind is actually the guy that for a long time held the richest person in the world title, Jeff Bezos. And I tried to think about him like if I'm Jeff Bezos with all the things going on in my life and all the riches and all the things that I'm doing. Am I really thinking of my salvation? Am I really thinking about what's going to happen to me after I die? And I don't know about Jeff Bezos, but me personally. Yeah, that's on my mind because the sole purpose of us following Christ and following God and trying to stay faithful to God is because one day we want to be with him. Uh, But. I kind of understand why, you know, Jesus would say that. Well, you know, why it's easier for a camo to go through the eye of the needle. Uh, Because although many can say that a rich person uh, is covered and a rich person has everything and a rich person can atone for everything, can pay for everything and can get whatever they want. uh, Sometimes they believe that they, they convince themselves that with their money, they can get anything, even emotional support, even uh, uh, religion support, even um, forgiveness of sin. I remember watching a movie where uh, a kingpin went into a Catholic church and gave the <laughs> priest you know, millions of money. And the priest had him kneel down and he said, your sins are forgiven. And he stayed there. And he stayed praying. And somebody can look at that and be like, oh, OK, so it's it's easy as that. And I think for a long time. Uh, the early church, not not the Christian church, but the Roman Catholic church for a long time, debuted upon upon the people that when they gave to the church, their sins could be forgiven, that they can reach salvation. And then somebody arose and said, no, that's not true. That's not what the scripture says. And they try to accuse him as a false teacher or as a heretic. But uh, but coming down to that point, yes, I do believe that whether you got millions or whether you got a few dollars in your account, no, that don't matter. Money's just an object and it's just a physical thing. It's a man-made created thing. Uh salvation is for everybody. Nice. nice. Yeah. I, I think one thing that I do want to mention too is that there is rich people in the Bible. Like really <laughs> rich people. Uh oh, yeah. David, Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, we're gonna get so, to it. Yeah, so um 
uh one thing that this verse too brings out is the fact that i think jesus was trying to make the point as well that um you cannot buy salvation like even though you have money and you might have millions of dollars you cannot purchase salvation right Mm -hmm. so so um Sorry, I just had to bring for <laughs> So those are your preliminary thoughts. So then what do you think of the verse? Why do you think he said that? Like what implications would that have? So like, what's your reaction to to that verse? I like I think, to that analogy that he uses. So I th- I think that it was at a particular time with a particular culture. Um most of his followers weren't well off. Uh, if I'm being sincere and yeah. honest, and most of his followers were uh, young, actually, uh, I think if it's if I'm not mistaken, most of them were probably between uh, some of them were were minors, and some of them were in their early uh, 18, 19, 20 uh, years of age. Because we noticed too that um, when they were called to pay for taxes or they they were collecting taxes some of them didn't have to give their tax to to the to the romans because they were minors so some of these uh followers disciples that jesus had were people that were very young um and i i think he was trying to prove a point to the fact that money is not everything for the world and the world perspective money is everything because money buys you comfortability, uh, money can buy you time, money, time in the essence of like you can get somewhere faster. Like for example, uh, instead of driving to Florida, uh, you know, I don't know, for eight hours, you can buy a plane ticket and be there in four hours. Um, so money can buy you certain comfortabilities in life and can buy you things like house, uh luxury food i don't know if you want to call it luxury clothing Mm -hmm. and all of that but i think he was trying to make a point where money doesn't buy what i'm potentially going to offer you salvation Mm -hmm. right right um so yeah i also see um um i've i've taught on this verse before um and when i've i've searched about this this verse uh that eye of the needle we may think that is that the sewing needle, but uh, a lot of um, biblical theorists and a lot of uh, uh, theologians they they talk about the eye of the needle actually being a gateway of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. a type of gateway. They were going to get to that, uh, and that gateway they called the eye needle because it was so narrow. But um, and then viewing how a camel, and I mean in that time a camel was used to carry or pull things. So, Cargo. <laughs> yeah, so if, if a camel was full of stuff and the camel was carrying stuff or hauling stuff, yeah, it was super hard for a camel to go through that narrow gate. Um, so if if we want to point it towards that, it's not. It wasn't impossible, you know, because you could take all the cargo off the camel and get him through the gate. But uh, it was hard, and indeed was hard. So I think he was pushing it towards more towards that analogy where he was saying it's hard. You know, for a rich person to get to heaven, and and it's easier for a camel to go through that gate. Uh, but he's not saying it's impossible. And specifically with this guy, he he says it in that perspective because 
although the guy was so excited, like, you know, what do I got to do to get to heaven? Do, you know, follow the command. I've done that all my life. He was probably hoping to say, okay, then, you know, kneel right here and I'm, I'll, I'll transform you or something. But no, he, he told him, you got to give away even all that stuff that you love, all that, all that you might think is so valuable. That's still part of the process of you getting into heaven. And then seeing that it was so hard for him to give up his possessions for the kingdom of God, then he went to his disciples. It's so hard for a for a rich person to to get saved or enter the kingdom. Why? I think that creates a question inside the heads of the disciples. I mean, at least in me, I would be like, yeah, it is hard because if they don't want to give up their possessions, they don't want to give all the stuff that they've gained. I mean, it takes time. It takes effort, countless hours of sleep, mental, mental power, mind power, uh, probably probably physical power just to create all those possessions and all that money. I mean, it's, it's not easy. So, of course, he's telling somebody you got to give up all that stuff you have gained, all that stuff you have worked for, all that stuff that you've built if you want to go into the kingdom. So it's not about I, I, th I don't view it as being rich but more about giving up everything that you see as valuable yeah. mm -hmm. and i i think too i can picture like the disciples i would imagine that this young man everybody knew that he was rich like i doubt doubt it like just how we know that well today to be honest it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because you can pull up on a bugatti or something and it can be a rental <laughs> a rent <laughs> yeah. uh, -huh. uh or you can have like a thousand dollar shoes and still be yeah. broke uh yeah. but um <laughs> a sweater that says supreme you that, Jerry. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've seen it dude it's like dude like, come on man like, you're buying the six hundred dollar shoes and and uh and louis you, vuitton bags <laughs> that peels off your job doesn't yeah. doesn't match your style but anyway yeah, i had a fake gucci wallet for so long <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, anyways um so i think that everybody knew who he was they knew that he had money so everybody was also paying attention to how jesus was gonna react um and the fact that to a certain point that person did not have it easy i think it came to as a surprise for 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 many mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice nice so these are actually all very good points and topics i think you guys touched a lot of the topics and asked a lot of the questions that we're probably going to get into that we have to get into it to answer this question um so moving on i'll go with the three the three stance or the three kind of conclusions you can come to right either one it's impossible for rich people to go to heaven you can take it literally two it is just difficult it's very difficult for rich people to enter heaven or three it doesn't matter any any rich person don't matter how much money or what's going on it money has no effect on it um so those are the three conclusions and i want to touch three aspects of this analogy that he that he's doing right so a camel is the first one the second one would be the needle and the third one is the rich man the rich person um and so Sort of going into that, Kevin, you already touched on the needle a little bit. Like, is it really a needle? So we're going to start with the camel, the first one. Mm -hmm. So is it really, um, or you know what? How about we do the needle? Because that's the more popular one. You already mentioned it. Is it really a needle, right? When we think of needle, we think of sewing needle, oh, right? Wow. But is it literally a needle? What do you guys think? I know, Kevin, you said you don't. You, you probably yeah, think it's more of a gate. The, the narrow gate, yeah. What about you, Jerry? I think so too. I don't think it's an actual needle. 
Okay. So I think it's an actual needle, and I'll you tell you so? why. And wow. there's a there's a few different there's a few different um, ways you can interpret the needle that are popular. So the first one, and I think the most popular one, is that that eye of a needle gateway, right? And the idea was that when entering the cities, there was a a gateway specifically for animals or cargo or, or you know to, to enter through, and that in order to get for some reason they made this entranceway so small that to get the camel through you had to shimmy the camel on on all fours like on its knees take all the cargo all the saddles off and you had to like shake it and push it through this door so it was just really it wasn't impossible but it was just it was just so difficult to get to it to get it yeah because and, and then they're animals too so they're kind of restless they're not going to always want to do what you tell them to do right and it's a big animal right so that's a very i had heard that one before I always heard, heard that one since I was young. I heard that one, and I also heard the fact that when he means when he says camel, it's not an actual camel; it's a rope. Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So the thing with the the gateway is that there is absolutely zero evidence, reference historically, archaeologically, biblically. There is nothing anywhere that it would even suggest that. So there's nothing to back it up. Right. So, if anything, it seems more like a needle. A, a preacher just made it, made it up. He said, "This sounds good." Yeah, it, that's that's the conclusion most people come to is that right. some some preacher made it up a f- years ago and it just they just ran with it because it makes sense. It does make sense, right? Right, right, right? Because the thing is, why why contrast a camel with a needle? What does that even have to do with? What does a camel have to do with a sewing needle? Mm-hmm. You know. And so it would make more sense that they would be related in some way. So the camel is going through this eye of a needle but it's not really an, a needle needle it's something that camels actually normally go through in certain cities or whatever uh-huh, so it makes sense ahead. because it makes it correlates more it's related a little more right um, but there's nothing to suggest that there's literally nothing there's no backup nothing. Well, uh, what proof do you have that it's an actual needle so i'll get to that because there's actually other ones i have two more a second one is that um, i was actually talking that, about this with my father with my dad he's a pastor and he said when he went to israel the tourist guides would tell him that the eye of a needle were these holes in the walls where they would look through. Okay. Like like the people watching the walls, guarding uh-huh. the walls, they would look through these holes because they were pretty tall. Right. So they would look through, through these holes so they could see if there was anything out there. Right, right. Um, and they would say that that was the, the eye, eye of, of the needle. needle that Jesus was referring to in this very verse. Um, but <laughs> that as well, well, one, that one is obviously th- these holes were not very big they're like slits right and i don't even think a person could fit through there okay. like even if you tried to fit maybe you maybe a small person um because i saw a video but they're not that big so either way even if you take that approach it still doesn't really make sense because the camel's not going to fit through there anyway there's no way it's fitting through there secondly that's just spread through tourism there's not there's nothing to back that really either there's nothing that you're not going to really find anything that suggests that's the eye of a needle. It seems to be more of a tourism thing mm-hmm. than anything that they're just saying like, oh, you know, we think this might be the eye of a needle. And it's just cool to say, you know, oh, we referenced the Bible. Because okay, okay. so <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah. It's you're paying. You, you, you want to get your money. Yeah, it's just yeah. cool conversational bits. Um, and then the third one, which you touched on as well, uh, you said uh, the rope. Um, so... What was I saying? No, no, that's a camel. My bad. Let me let me step back. The needle. Before not, we get to the yeah. camel. So what you know would needle? it mean? What would it mean if it really were the eye of a sewing needle? 
What do you guys think? That's impossible. I mean, <laughs> well, the yeah. only one that makes it seem possible in any way is the the gate, right? But there's yeah. there's that just seems to be completely made up, right? Right? Yeah. It's, it's not reliable. So we would have to stick with the needle, the needle because the needle. that's that's what the manuscripts say. That's the one that has the most credibility because that's okay. what every manu- manuscript says, right? The other one seems to be more tourism. Um, but if it's a sewing needle, then it's, it would seem impossible. Right. You so gotta, now... You got to grind that camel down. <laughs> bone by bone. You'd have to find Particle dust. by particle. Fine dust. For real. Um, so let's take a look at the camel now. Right? Let's see. Maybe it's not the needle that's different. Maybe it's the camel that's the problem. Right? Maybe it's not really the camel. Um, so... The common thing there, uh, the common claim or debate is that it's not really a camel, like you were saying, it's a yeah, thick it's a rope, rope. Yeah. Um, or even a beam. Some people think it's a beam. It could even mean beam, right? Because, um, and there's actually some Bibles that actually say rope instead of camel. Camel. There's the Armenian Bible, and I think mm-hmm. a, a Dutch Bible says it says uh, rope, and they they the translators think that the, Jesus actually meant rope so they translated that way right and there's full bibles armenian armenia is the first christian one that well, debatably they like to claim they're the first christian nation mm-hmm. and their bible says rope and not camel mm-hmm. um so there's actually some people that go with this like legit they legit go with rope instead of camel um and there's a reason and it's because what what the thought process behind it being a rope is that um the greek word for camel and the greek word for thick rope are very similar by one letter well one uh english vowel i guess it's probably written a little different in greek but uh the the greek for camel um i'm probably gonna not say this right but it's camelos k-a-m-e-l-o-s mm-hmm. and the the greek for thick rope is camelos k-a-m-i-l-o-s okay. Okay. so there's only there's only like a one vowel difference there right um and then on top of that the aramaic word for camel is can also be used the same exact word can be used for apparently a rope so there's not even a a a word difference there it's just the same exact word right um do you think that's more credible do you think that's more reasonable than the needle the rope rather than the camel Mm -hmm. i i but i think as well i think that there's a message behind the actual animal of of it comparing the rich person to the camel so like the 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 needle represents the way to heaven right like the gate to heaven but the camel actually represents the rich person so i mean i would have to do a little bit more digging on it that's a good point in my perspective thinking about it and just glancing at it um the camel just as the rich person has baggage, has to mm-hmm. carry baggage. Um, the camel carries belongings and valuable things. Mm-hmm. So it no, could so be food. That, it could yeah. be it could be riches. It could be gold that the camel is is carrying. It's literally pulling. So in in essence, the rich person as well has baggage that doesn't allow him to go through so the saying, gates of heaven. Y- yeah, you're saying there's symbolic and metaphorical uh, 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 meaning 
yeah, possibly in the possibly. Yeah. That's actually a really good point because even if we do think about it, like the needle, the gateway to heaven is considered the narrow, the narrow, narrow road. Gate. Yeah. yeah narrow so gate. in in right, in and a few will pass through it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's so, actually a really good point. I didn't even think of that. So that and then you have the, the actual the, camel, uh-huh, the being baggage, the baggage, the fact that um that some of these baggage they don't even carry it for themselves and then they leave it on to somebody else mm-hmm. so it's not like they keep the baggage or the belongings they eventually pass it on to somebody or leave it behind in the same way that the rich person um it you know will leave an inheritance and that may not allow him to drop everything and say i'm gonna follow christ and give everything up um made uh you know have people depending on him right um or his so, life be- uh, depends on him moving around and he just can't follow christ well i mean in the literal stance that yeah time, so you know. yeah i mean if if we if we really want to dig into it i mean there's many ways to look at it um but tell us what you found i mean about yeah, the camel sure so going forward so the claims are Right, that it could have either been a scribal error, like maybe someone fat fingered the E instead of I the I. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you could even say maybe they misinterpreted the Aramaic word that that Jesus was saying. Um, there is even a, a a Catholic saint, I believe. I think um, I want to say Alexander of Cyril. I don't remember if it was Alexander or something like that, but he claimed that the camel was a term used by people who were experienced in navigation, mm. right? For um, a thick rope that was used to tie the anchor of a boat, right? So he claimed that it was camel, but the meaning wasn't a literal camel. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it rope. was a thick rope. So he's not saying, oh, he actually, they miswrote it and it was really rope. He's saying, no, it was camel, but it meant rope. <laughs> right. So he took it a step further. He was like, no, both. <laughs> um so he's not very clear. Yeah. So it's it's like a fusion of, of the two. Yeah. Um. But the the things with those uh with those claims, right, is that one, uh, Matthew and Mark, they both read camel, which is something to consider. They both wrote camel. There's not a difference there, and they're two different accounts of the mm-hmm. gospel. They both wrote camel. They didn't write, you know, one doesn't say camel, and the other says rope. Uh, there's nothing like that. They're, they're the same. They're the exact same. Hmm. Um, so the the claim that it was maybe like a misspelling or maybe they misunderstood it's, it doesn't really, off, yeah, yeah. it kind of falls through. And then you have to consider as well that, you know, if Matthew and Mark did really write these books, um, they weren't writing them at the moment. You know, they were, they took the time uh, one day to think back and recount. Right. And so they had time to think about this. Um, they had time to consider... You know, if gamla, which is the word in Aramaic for camel, if that th- did he re- did he mean camel or rope? Right. They had time to think about that, mm-hmm. but they put, and they put they both said camel. camel. Yeah. <laughs> they put camel down, yep. and then if you go a little further, even that word for uh, camel in Aramaic, there's from what from the research I did, I found almost no uses of it for rope at all. Um. It almost always, like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, means camel. So either way, it just would have been weird to use mm-hmm. to say rope. Um, and plus, if you look at the, if you're trying to say it's a scribal error, I mean, these scribes they, they go through they lots were, of yeah. training. Yes, um, and the the oldest manuscripts we have 
haven't changed, right? right. Uh, they, we still see camel. And if you look at your Bible translations that try to use the oldest manuscripts, uh, the NASB or the CSB or whatever translation you want to use, they all say camel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all of these uh, claims that it really is a rope, kind of, th- th- there's no, <laughs> there's if no you think background. about it and you do the research, there's no backing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't really make sense. The only one that you can maybe fit in is that it was camel, but he meant a rope. But at the same time, I don't know, like... I don't know. Like that one just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, either way, like even if it's it was, Jesus even talking. if it was okay, even if it was a thick rope. What? What if it was? If we think about it, a, a thick rope. You said tie an anchor to a boat. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a thick. It's rope. still impossible. It's still there's no yeah. way you're. There's not a needle that exists to put that. That thing is like maybe like those ropes are thick. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no needle that exists. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. There's no point of putting that through a needle. Right. So it's still impossible. It still doesn't make sense. Jesus knew Ant-Man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus knew Ant-Man. Um, so, I like to go with, it is a camel, and it is a sewing needle. So, literally, it is a I think, sewing I needle. Think, I think... How big were sewing sewing needles back then? I mean, we have different sizes of sewing needles. Yeah, we do. I don't think they were big enough to fit a rope that size, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... How are you... What are you going to sew with ropes that thick? Yeah. yeah. And either way... Right. I don't think you can make a, a, a sewing needle the size of, of a camel. Of a camel either, so <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't make sense it, logically. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna go to what Scripture says. We're gonna let in Scripture interpret Scripture the way uh, Ruslan likes to say all the time. Um, and going that route, we're gonna look at the rich man now. Did he mean rich man as in material wealth, or did he mean something that was a, a deeper issue of the heart? which is where I think the deeper conversation is. I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah, I don't sure. think the issue is what the what material. you know no, the yeah. camel or the needle it's does he does he mean just anybody that has a lot of money or does he mean something more deep like something past that. Right. I think it's, it's um, something deeper than than just money. Um so let me uh, I have a few verses here. Well, before I go do, do there what do you all think? I mean, I think it was an issue of the heart. Um, the only thing that is compared to another God in the Bible is money. Um, and money has a tendency to... The love of money, not money. The love for money has a tendency to blind you from the cost of what it's going to take in order for you to gain that money. So, uh, for example, you know, you mind gain wealth at the expense of your marriage yeah. you might gain wealth at the expense of your children i remember i used to work for for wells fargo at um i don't know like f- three four years ago and um i actually met a uh surgeon and she used to do uh, brain surgery and i'm not gonna lie bro uh she had money like you couldn't even count amount of accounts she had with like the amount of money and like um i remember she brought a check it was like 20k and she literally called the pennies um because she was trying to catch it out cash it out and you know we had to go through our procedure and whatnot but anyways um this person constantly came to the bank and um i would have good conversations with her at one point i'd ask her i'm like what would you have done different in your life if you had the chance to 
And it's interesting that she told me that her career took a lot of time of school. So she told me, I wish I could go back and enjoy my daughter and my kids mm-hmm. more rather than be in school. So that that kind of like shed a light on me because, um, and then she also went on and said, uh, because now I, 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 I am having a hard time relating to them. I'm having a hard time spending time with them because I wasn't there for that stage. So she had money, but she had a horrible relationship with her children. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she compromised, if you want to call it motherhood, during the process of her becoming a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's the, the, the issue of this is deeper. What Jesus was trying to emphasize is deeper. It's not just talking about, you know, um, riches and having possession. Uh, because at the end of the day, like, I know that God wants to bless us. Right. And in fact, I, I strongly believe that one of the things that needs to take place in order for us to start making changes in this country and in this world is for the children of God to start gaining wealth and being able to fund and support things that do matter for the kingdom and are going to impact society. Um, so even in the like music industry level and all of that. So it's a deeper issue. It is something that has to do with the heart. It has to do with the love of money. And it has to do with the fact that when we do love money, we compromise valuable things that will cost us salvation. Money can cost you salvation. If you don't believe me, read that verse again. This rich person walked out without salvation. Mm-hmm. He walked out without salvation. He did all those commandments. Yeah, he was a good person, but didn't didn't want to uh, drop the the possessions, the the mon- the love that he had for money. And to be honest, if I really think about it, we have the story of of um, Job. Okay where he lost everything but then he was repaid right double so mm-hmm. when we man my my father is so good i know that god is good and i know that when we decide to put him first and there's a bible for b- verse about this is to seek the kingdom of god first and everything else will, will be, be added, added. Mm-hmm. so i i would strongly believe that if this young rich man would have dropped everything I would have not been surprised that he would have became even more wealthier mm-hmm. in the upcoming years. I wouldn't be surprised that he would have gained a lot more wealth because uh, then your heart will be in a good stage and will allow you to even further, you know, expand your wisdom and, and your ability to, to, you know, connect with the creator will enhance your wisdom and, and enhance, you know, certain things that happens when we come to Christ, like our wisdom expand, our uh, ability to think, uh, acknowledge other is, is also expand. So it's not only about money. It's about the love of money right. that Jesus was trying to address. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm doing a lot of the talking, so. <laughs> That's good. I asked the question, so you good? Yeah, Kevin, I, mean, I, I mean, um, I just want to touch bases on this because a lot of people, when they try to mix finance or money with Christianity, the first thing that comes to mind is prosperity. Uh, I just want to, mm-hmm. I just want to touch something out there. We're not teaching a prosperity gospel when we talk about this because number one, there's no such thing as a prosperity gospel. The gospel is just that Jesus came and died for our sins and his blood pays for our sins. And through him, we have a way to the father. That's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Prosperity is biblical though. Meaning that when you come to Christ, the things in your life that you are lacking in, he gives you. The thing is that man thinks that that's just money. That That's just finance when it's not that. Many people have money, but they don't have hope. They don't have joy. They don't have peace. They don't have emotional stability. They don't have stable relationships. That Those 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 different aspects and those, those different benefits, you can reach that in Christ. And that counts as prosperity. There are people who are prosperous and don't have money. Because the, their prosperity is not based on money. Their prosperity is based on God gives them what they need. And they seek God over anything. And they look towards God over anything. And God makes sure that they have what they need. And I, I don't know I don't know about you guys, but my dream is not to own a million dollar home and have four <laughs> cars and a three car garage. And yeah. that's, that's, not, that's not my goal. Not me either. My goal is to serve God as best as I can and do and complete the purpose and the mission that he has created me for. And my trust is that amongst doing all that, he's going to give me what I need yeah. and that I'm going to be good and that my future kids are going to be okay and the kids of my kids are going to be okay and my descendants are going to be okay. That's my hope. That's my faith. And I think that's that's the prosperity the Bible gives you. If you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you seek me first, I'll make sure you have what you need. But mankind is greedy. And mankind, you know, making 100,000 a year is not enough. They want 200,000. When they make 200,000, they want 300,000. Mm-hmm. And for this rich man, he wanted to carry both things. I, I follow the commandments. His hope was Jesus is going to say, okay, I'm good. You know, you, you've uh, you've uh, obeyed the commandments and that's all you need. And like I said before, let me transform you right here. That's probably what he was hoping for. But probably what he was looking for was that he's able to humble himself in his heart. Able to humble himself in his possessions because maybe his heart was inclined to his possessions. And maybe he's not talking about the actual possessions that he has, but the inclination of his heart. So I believe that when he's saying that it's hard for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven is simply because most rich people are inclined to their positions. They're inclined to what they have. They're inclined to the physical things of this world. But there are rich people who are not inclined towards that. There are rich people that have so much, but their inclination is totally towards God, to their family, to their friends. And they say, you know, the day tomorrow I could lose all of this. And I'm going to be okay because I trust God. And at the same time, there are those people who don't have nothing, but their inclination is towards money and they don't have nothing. And it's towards money and they don't have nothing. And even though they don't have, and even though they're regular people like you and I, and they can go to church and they can they can read the Bible and they can worship with you, but because their heart is not inclined to God how, how it's supposed to be, they're not going to reach salvation. They're not going to get there. It's not because salvation is not available for them. It's just because they're they're not looking for it. They're not right. they're not wanting it. They're not living for it. Um, but yeah, man. Nice, nice. 
Yeah, I think those are actually really good uh, points to bring up because we're looking at scripture. And I'm actually going to touch that too. You brought up Job. I was actually going to bring up Job. Um, so let's let's look further into that. I think we're going in the right track. So <laughs> so let's go. Um, I guess I'll stick with Job before I do anything. If we look at Job, like you guys were mentioning, there are, you know, like Job, Job was blessed with twice as much as he had. And right. you were saying you you think if if that rich young ruler had given all he had, he would have been blessed with even more. Mm-hmm. I believe we have a father in heaven who loves to bless his children. Yeah, yeah, right. And so to think that a rich man could never enter heaven, no matter what, it just doesn't make sense to me because you know, there's no promise in the Bible that we're going to be prosperous or wealthy. But I know God, He enjoys blessing us. Mm-hmm. He enjoys. I I I believe that. Um, and if we look at Job. It says that even before all the events of that book happened, he was blessed. He had a hedge of protection around him. He was a wealthy man. He had a wife and kids. You know, everything was going good for him. And the Lord was protecting him. God was protecting him. Um, So looking at that, I mean... We would. It would seem to be at least that Joe was a a man that probably would have entered heaven, maybe. You know? Yeah. I believe that story was really happened some people think it's metaphorical i think it really happened and if job had died right there before those events i i, I mean it seems like it points to the fact that god was pleased with him right yeah. yeah he was happy with him um so he was wealthy mm-hmm. so if we take the approach and the view that no rich man can enter heaven so why was god happy with job you know you know in the bible he's the only man besides jesus that's called pure and unlike no other man like for god to say that not a not a man for god himself to tell the devil have you touched my servant job there's no man like him on earth pure and his heart is mine for god to say something like that to a man i mean how how good of a person do you got to be what, what do you got to do <laughs> to be a good man like that and he was rich. So we can't, we, you know, we can't, we cannot, we cannot deny the fact that uh, you could be rich and still be a servant of God and looked with grace upon God. You know, that man was pure, pure. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think there is, um, I don't, I don't know what to call them, but um, do you think there's like standards that God has placed on the earth? Like, for example, the... The air that we breathe is a blessing. Yep. But it's not it's not um, preserved only for Christians. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. preserved for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And if you if you actually start looking at testimonies of hell, um, all the blessings of God, they're not in hell. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people describe is that it's hard to breathe in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to give you an example, the sun goes up and down, and it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a blessing that is upon the whole world. It's not only mm-hmm. God's children. Yeah. So if you work hard, you're going to harvest. Mm-hmm. And if you if you work really hard, you're going to harvest more. So it's 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 a it's a law that it's engraved in humanity. Like these things are, are you know, you know, these things are things that have been established and have results and the reason why i'm bringing this up is the fact that this particular scripture 
sometimes it's taken to a point where Christianity has view rich people the wrong way, I would say. Yeah, like, oh, if you have money. Some oh, people literally think no rich people can go to heaven. Yeah, some or some people think, think like, oh, like you have a certain attitude or you have, <laughs> uh, you know, you're stingy or you're uh, prideful because you have money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good that we're having this conversation because number one, it's going to widen our understanding but at the same time it should encourage us as well to understand verses like this so that we can have a better perspective of how our father Mm -hmm. operates and what he really meant so what were you going to say next um Um, apart from you know what we were talking about. yeah so there's a few scriptures but you made a good point you know there is value in these conversations that's the point of this episode we already debunked kevin on the gateway so uh you know (laughs) i was i was on that i was on that uh the same boat too i was in between because i i really i mean i've heard and seen both perspective i would say um but yeah i mean your points are really good as well yeah, no, it's good to have these conversations, look into it. But moving forward, so we can make good time, um, I want to read, uh, like I said, Scripture, interpret Scripture. So let's read, um, let's go to Luke. Uh, we're going to read, I think it's there's two Scriptures in Luke that we're going to read. So the first man is the story of the rich man and Lazarus, which a lot of us already Ooh. know. Um, and this is tied up to the verse in Matthew, right? Pretty much, yeah. All right, go ahead. So, um, actually, do you one of you guys want to read it? I don't have my Bible. Hold on. Luke sixteen. Is this the story of the rich man and Lazarus? It is. Yeah. I, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll read it real quick. <laughs> there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus. This isn't the same Lazarus that resurrected. Right, right. This another. But one. this is different. Just Lazarus. an FYI. Yeah. Uh, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. But instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. So Lazarus goes to heaven. The rich guy goes to hell. So all of this seems to go in, 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 in uh, you know, the rich men's, uh, yeah, rich people go to hell, but yeah. we'll see about that. Um, Cause we're going to read a few more other verses, but um, f- uh, what's he say? Uh, with Lazarus at his side, father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life, you received your good things, just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot, neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. So he's asking Abraham, send somebody to tell my yeah. family about the dangers of what I did so that they don't come to hell, <laughs> so that they don't go to hell. Um, but Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. So we can assume that his family's in the same boat as him, right. as he was, yeah. right? Uh, and they're on the pathway to hell, apparently. Um, 
And then Abraham responds, uh, but he told him, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. So if we look at this, it seems that rich people go to hell. But if we look at that last little part there, he's asking, um, you know, Abraham, send somebody to my family to tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't even say they're wealthy. He just says, go tell them. Um, and Abraham says, let them listen to the prophets. Let them listen to Moses. And um, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they're not going to listen to someone who's persuaded from there, which is another verse we could have a whole conversation about. Right. There's a lot of other avenues we could take. But it seems that there's a deeper issue here at hand that's not just being rich. He could have said, Abraham, go tell them to sell their stuff. He could have said, Abraham, uh, tell them that being rich is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't say that. And uh, Abraham said, listen to the prophets and Moses. Um, I don't think the prophets and Moses explicitly say anywhere that you need to sell everything you have. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's ple- people like Job and, Mo- and Solomon that were very wealthy. Um, so this verse, you might see that. And think, well, yeah, rich people are going to go to hell. But if we go to another chapter in Luke, we're going to go to Luke uh, 19, uh, verse 1 to 10. And we're going to look at this character called Zacchaeus. This is another rich guy. And we're going to read it real quick. So he says, he entered Jericho. And this is Jesus. So Jesus visits Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. So we can't even debate the fact that he was rich. It just says it outright, Mm -hmm. right? He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. So Zacchaeus is this rich tax collector. Um, I'm assuming he was a Jew and he was also short, uh, unusually short, apparently, to the point that they noted that in the scripture. So, right off the bat, <laughs> I'm thinking Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus might have some some grudges against these people. You know, not only is he a tax collector, he lived his life probably a, a dwarf of some sort or really short. And I'm not gonna lie, he probably I'm assuming he probably got made fun of for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe that's why he became a tax collector. I don't know, but he has. He it seems to me, based off of his profile, he might have some some personal heart issues, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's trying to look for Jesus. And it says, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. So these people are judging Zacchaeus. Right. right. Mm-hmm. He's like this dude, he's a tax collector. He's short. He's rich. Like, Come on, bro. Jesus, you can't stay with this guy. Right. Right. And But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. And then Jesus, look at what Jesus says to him. Today, salvation has come to this house. Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. So notice Zacchaeus doesn't say he's going to give everything he has to the poor. He says, I'm going to give half. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the same thing as Jesus telling the young rich ruler, give everything you have to the poor. He, Zacchaeus says, I'll give half. 
and then I'll pay back anybody I extorted four times as much, which to me kind of seems like he did extort somebody. Uh-huh. Probably, yeah. That's <laughs> he why probably extorted that's why somebody. They hated him. Why would you bring it up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no? Why'd you bring it? Yeah, yeah. right? Um, and it looks like, because Jesus didn't even prompt him to say that. So it looks like he was kind of aware, like he sees Jesus coming. He's like, man. And he comes joyfully. He says he comes joyfully and quickly. He's like, I, I want to be in this man's right, presence. Yeah. And then I think he was a little aware of, of the issues he had. Right. And he's like, before you even say it, I'll, I'll, I'll give this away. He didn't have to right. be prompted. He wasn't asking, well, I mean, c- honestly, what man, they, they rich ruler, like, come on, really? What kind of question is yeah, that? What, what else do I got to do to go to heaven? Yeah. Oh, just keep the commandments. Oh, well, which ones? What do you mean, which ones? Yeah. Which command? Just follow them all. <laughs> yeah. Follow the commandments. And he tells him, follow, the, follow this commandment, do this, this, and that. He's like, okay, well, I've done that all my life. Right, yeah. Right, so the the says, position, the position of the person is different. Mm-hmm. There's a contrast between the previous rich man and this rich man. Yes. So these these both of these men are rich. Mm-hmm. To one, Jesus says, um, in reaction, it's hard for rich people to enter heaven. To the other, he says, salvation has come to this house. Right. And you are a son of Abraham. Right. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. So one's saved, the other's not. But they're both rich. Yeah. And Zacchaeus doesn't even have to give everything he has. Only half. Yeah. Right. So to me, it seems like I don't think Jesus really cares about the money. No. I think he cares about the attachment to the money. Right. And Zacchaeus was quick. He was like, you know what? I'll do it. I don't even care. You don't mm-hmm. even got to tell me. And he entered heaven. So based on this passage in Luke, it seems that rich people do go to heaven because a rich man just gained admission to heaven. To think... You're bringing this up, and and to think that um that uh Jesus was making all of these points throughout his you know ministry and life, right? Because mm-hmm. these are things that I'm pretty sure the disciples will talk among each other. And um, I can only imagine you know Jesus being in that room where the fragrance was brought to him, and it was poured onto him and I can imagine um, I can imagine some frustration from the disciples of men this cost a lot of money especially with Judas one yeah. in particular that was really frustrated yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it was like man this cost a lot of money we could have done so much with it Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised that some of this like lessons and valuable things um I mean I'm pretty sure it was targeted to the disciples and was trying to engrave something in them but at the end of the day money came into role in the ministry mm-hmm. of Jesus yeah and money money was <laughs> was <laughs> the problem of Jesus being betrayed that's facts. So money is important. It's it's important for us to have the right perspective about money. So these both of these rich men uh, have a different outcome. One is rejected. The other one is accepted. Mm-hmm. One is completely rejected. And the other one, not only is accepted because it says your house, like your home, like when it speaks about home, if he had any anybody living there, I would assume that that salvation would also be presented to them. Right. Um, 
what else did you learn? This is very interesting. I yeah. mean, like, so what is your take on it? Like, what made the difference? I I personally think that it was the approach and the fact that, like you were saying, that one was self-aware of his mistake and knew that he was a sinner. The other one, the one that, that said, oh, I have kept all those commandments, had an arrogant heart. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of wanted to show off to a certain point, I think, uh, based on how I read it. So what else did you learn? Like, Yeah, no. So you actually brought a great point, too, is that with the disciples, Jesus' ministry involved money. Yeah, a right? lot of it. And so if we actually look at the scriptures, there were a lot of people, followers of Jesus who were wealthy and they contributed to his ministry using their wealth. So they blessed his ministry and they, they you, could, you could say blessed God right. with their money. And they blessed cloth, uh, uh, linen, and, and, and all these useful materials. And they needed money because, right. the, mm -hmm. like you were saying, he was like, man, we could have used this for something better. Right. Right? They needed, you know, they needed money to, to, to do certain things and to do what they were doing. And they were followers of Jesus who contributed in a meaningful, important way to Jesus' ministry. Right. And they were rich. So, I mean, are we going to say they didn't go to heaven just because they were rich, even uh -huh. though they, they played an important role? Maybe it wasn't written about a lot, but it was important. There's a lot that, that went on behind that, you know, it's not written about in the Bible, right? So how can we say that? So to me, the conclusion I'm going to get to is that we're looking at these two rich men, and it, obviously it's an issue of the heart, like we're saying. Um, and another message I would, another side note I want to say is that God sees your heart. So I think sure. the, the point is not the camel or the needle or the money. It's the heart, right? It's the heart and uh, Jesus sees your heart. He sees how you are with your money. Or if you have a camel, he sees how you are with your camel or how you sow or whatever you want to say. He sees your heart in every yeah. situation. And so I wanna, I'm want i going to start to broaden this out because I don't really think this is about the money. It's not. not. Right? I don't think this is about the money. Um, but let's let's... Let's let's ask a few questions. So, um, going back to the verse in Matthew, right? We have this knowledge, like, okay, obviously rich people don't go to hell because Jesus just flat out, like, you can't debate Jesus. Right? Mm -hmm. He said it here. He said it here. He's gonna go. He's he's gonna go to heaven. Um, you know, Job was a was a rich man and he was pleasing to God, and Solomon was blessed with money, and Solomon was probably the probably one of the richest kings in history um so there's just you just can't take that approach and follow the scriptures correctly you just can't you're you're directly contradicting jesus because he sent a rich man to heaven right um so could it could jesus have been using hyperbole was he exaggerating right um and i think the answer is yes right and let me double check something here if we go, um, for those of you that don't know, a hyperbole is an exaggeration. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Poems 101. Yes. Yeah, it's exaggeration. Yeah, facts. So he's, I think he's exaggerating. And we can see this similarly, like when, when he talks about the splinter in your eye. Uh, yeah, right? Why true. do you look at the splinter in your or brother's eye, but don't notice the beam eyes. of wood in your own eye? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chop off your arm. Yeah, chop off your arm. Your gouge eye. out your eye. Yep. That's hyperbole. So Jesus had a history of being using, sarcastic, being ex yeah, exaggerating <laughs> for dramatic effect, maybe or just to get the point across. Because you know, I'm not gonna lie, some of these people mm -hmm. were a little stubborn; they didn't get it. Like, flip the tables. <laughs> but he has a history of using hyperbole, 
Um, so we can kind of safely assume that Jesus probably was using hyperbole. And to put it in that exaggeration, that that sort of, uh, you know, literal um, uh, mechanic and, you know, devices and... Mechanic? Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> um, to to put it in that lens, right? If we look at the camel, like I said at the beginning, the camel was the largest animal that was seen in Israel at the time. Mm-hmm. In the region, there's there was no other animal that was going to beat the camel, unless you go s- more south or more east towards Asia and Africa, where you find elephants, right? But there's not that many in in the Middle Eastern area, okay? Right? It's more just the camel. The camel's big. It's a big animal. You might yeah. think of a camel, yeah, it's pretty big, but like, bro, I've seen videos that joints are like twice our size, three yeah. times our size. They're huge, um, and he's contrasting it with the tiny size of a needle's eye. Right. So he's contrasting something that was the biggest thing you could see with one of the smallest things you could think of. So it makes sense. Like this is a, a, an exaggeration that would make sense. Like he's really pushing it. Um, but then we can also look why were the disciples so astonished because it does say like they were in shock, right? Mm-hmm. right? If we go back to the, to, the, to the verse really fast, which was verse 23, was it? 24, let's see, right? So, Truly, I tell you, it will be hard for rich men to earn the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, when the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, then who can be saved? Mm-hmm. They were sh- they were shook. Right. They're like, what? No way. Um, And even the rest of that verse kind of helps us conclude too. But before we get there, um, why were they astonished? If we take a moment to think um, why they were astonished, I don't think it's because you know the analogy just didn't make like there's no way a camel fits through that's impossible no i don't think that's why they were so shocked i think it's because if we think about the culture the jewish culture at the time a rich person in that time was seen as somebody who was blessed by god Mm -hmm. so in a sense you could also say that you know if they were blessed by god they must be doing something right Mm -hmm. right so he says it's hard for rich people to enter heaven and they're like what that doesn't make sense. How can that be? We all blessed. know rich people are blessed and they, they yeah. got to have something good mm-hmm. with God. And if we look at Mark, the other account of this very same story, Mark 10, verse 23, and we'll read it really fast. Mark 10. Sorry, I'm a little slow. 23. There we go. Possessions in the kingdom. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And he's exclaiming, this is a statement, he's not questioning, right? The disciples were astonished at his words. So this is before he mentions the analogy. Mm -hmm. He says, in Mark it says, he says, it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom. And then they were astonished. And then it goes on to say, again, Jesus said to them, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So they were astonished before he even mentioned the camel and the needle in the kingdom of God. They were astonished because he said it's hard for rich people to go to heaven. That's a broad, that's a bold statement. To, to yeah, it was, it was like, what are you talking about? Right. Everybody knows this. You know, that, that just doesn't make sense. How can they be blessed and not enter heaven? Right? So it's not that the, the analogy was just crazy or whatever. Um, it's just that culturally it was, it was countercultural right, to an right. extreme extent, mm-hmm. uh, to a religious, spiritual extent, right? Um, which Jesus had a tendency of doing <laughs> he had a tendency of saying a lot of countercultural things you look yeah. at the whole sermon on the mount that's all countercultural even the beatitudes like the nice part yeah. that was countercultural 
but even now that's that's countercultural today because your local Pentecostal Christian church most likely thinks that if you got millions of dollars, you ain't going to heaven. No. And somebody can walk in and be like, no, that's not true. He can go to heaven and he's probably saved. He's probably more saved than all of you. And somebody's going to be like, nah, that can't be. Ain't no way. They'll probably be shocked that you say that. But uh, can y'all imagine if uh, the big uh, rich man of the world became Christian? Like, you know, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. You don't mind. All of them, they, all, they, they, they one day became Christian. They, they gave their life to Christ. You know, what, where, what would happen? You know, where would, and they say, you know, we're going to donate a large sum amount of our, of our money to Christian foundations and Christian institutes and Christian universities and Christian schools and uh, evangelistical movements. How would that change the gospel movement of 2023 and 2024, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't think that it could bring positive change, but I don't think that uh, I think this this whole verse is is it's more leaning towards the fact that it's by God and with God that we can do things, mm-hmm. N- nothing to do with money. Um, but we also have very like like you were saying, we have pastors preachers that are were very well thought they have like jets I can, I can mansion few, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too um personal jets. i think one one person that has been i think doing pretty good is uh dave ramsey and is very um vocal about his success and helping others i think that's a great contribution to society not even mm-hmm. christians because he's helping people in mm-hmm. general like left yeah. and right how to get out of debt yeah. and whatnot but um so I, I think that, like you were saying, it's an issue of a heart. And I think it's also emphasizing the fact that it's all based upon God. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a God-given thing. It's not something you can earn. God doesn't depend on your money. God doesn't need your money because he is God. And he's the creator of everything. So he is not dependent on your money. He's not depending on your, your, you know, how rich, how much money you have. He is God and he will provide um, for his kingdom and for his children. Um, but it's talking about more about the heart, like you were saying. Yeah. The position of, of, of a man that is rich, that has mm-hmm. possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's exactly where we're heading right now. And this is where it's going to broaden up and sort of apply to all of us. Right, you might have been asking, like, well, what is rich? I'm not rich. What does it have to do with what, me? Where is this what's conversation the, yeah, going? Yeah, what's the point of having this conversation? Where is this I'll show you. We're going to get to that right now, and you guys are headed on the exact track I'm heading. Like, bro, I'm Tie it broke. He's <laughs> like, hey, y'all talking about riches here, and <laughs> I don't got bread. <laughs> I'm chasing the bread. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, right? It doesn't matter if we're rich or poor. Poor people can go to hell. Rich people can go to hell. There are plenty yep. of rich people that go to heaven, and there's plenty right. of rich people that don't do right, and their heart right. is not good, and they don't go to hell. And we're going to see why, right? So Tie it up, JJ. Let's conclude. Let's wrap this up. We, we run a little up on time. So, conclusion. Wealth itself is not the problem. Attachment to it or what it can buy is, right? And we can even take that a step further, but... For a moment, let's read that uh, that same passage that we're talking about, Matthew. But uh, let's read the conclusion, like the last few, the last few verses, right? Verse twenty-five and twenty-six. 
it will probably we'd probably just be good with those two verses so this is right after he tells them that you know a camel go through the eye of a needle whatnot and then the disciples are astonished jesus looked at them and said with man this is impossible but with god all things are possible and then you know peter goes on to ask him you know what will there be for us and then jesus tells him truly i tell you in the renewal of all things when the son of man sits on his glorious throne you have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones and he talks about you know spiritual treasure and all that um but look at that verse 26 with man this is impossible but with god all things are possible Mm -hmm. right and this is in a reaction then, then who can be saved right right and so his point with all of this yeah you know maybe it's a little harder for rich people to enter heaven because you know they have an extra vice or whatever but that's not the point it's not the money it's that with man it's impossible what your money can buy is not going to get you into heaven right what talent you have is not going to get you into heaven it doesn't matter how good you are how strong you are how fit you are how, how good, good you voice. look yeah how, how good you can sing it's not going to get you into heaven you so preach. the greater message is that no one not rich men nobody no person on this earth can be saved by their own works Right. And right that ties into our, our you know, saved by grace theology. Yeah. Right? We don't believe in salvation through works. It's through grace. So nobody can buy their way into heaven or work their way into heaven. Um, not through money, skills, talent, uh, intellect, good looks, none of it. None of it's gonna get you in there. Right? And if we look at that young rich ruler, he kind of was like, Oh yeah, I, I hold up all these commandments. I have been done doing it my whole life, which I doubt. I doubt he's been doing it his whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. He, he kind of had this, parents. like you were saying, he was a little arrogant and prideful yeah. in it. And I so, know you lusted, you liar. So God was like, go Lied sell all your parents. stuff. Go sell all your stuff. And he was like, nah, I can't do that because he probably, maybe he built that wealth. Right, mm-hmm. right. Cost- He's like, I did that. How can I give that away? Nah. He couldn't put himself to the side. He couldn't put what he did to the side. He couldn't put his works and his possessions to the side. Right. Um, so on the other hand, what are the implications of thinking that no rich man can enter heaven? Um, obviously we think that's incorrect and we think there's some issues with it, but what are those issues? Um, if we, if we were poor, us three, does that somehow, would that somehow make us better than the rich man next door? I mean, somehow I'm pretty poor. Who is wealthier? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, right. No, it doesn't make us inherently any better or worse. It doesn't make the rich man who's wealthy better than us because he has more money. Right. Um, it doesn't make us holier or more worthy of heaven because we're poor. We obviously don't believe that. And I don't, I think most people, I hope most people don't (laughs) believe that. Um, So poverty doesn't give us holiness or piety. This would be pride. Mm -hmm. The same exact thing that the young rich ruler seems to have. The same thing that the rich man named Zacchaeus did not have. Let me drop a bomb. (laughs) Some of the poorest people are the most prideful people. Yes. It's true. (laughs) Little Kim Kardashian's. (laughs) bro you are they they have so much pride dude sometimes like for example um there's some people that i know for a fact that would lose their head if they were to be able to afford certain things so my and then i would have i would even ask a question like with with you know with us talking about poor and rich do you do you think that there's a possibility that some people doors don't open 
because God sees that if he does open that door, they're going to lose themselves. Absolutely. Like I said, God sees your heart. No matter what you try to do to pretend it's not there, he sees what your true intentions are. He sees your feelings. He sees every emotion. He sees what you keep and what you don't keep. So to my, all my teenagers out there, stop trying to make it rapping from day to night. <laughs> you know, that's I was going to say that that applies to specifically young people because a lot of kids see stop these rappers. Stop trying to be a... Uh, and they're like, man, look at all that money he got because that's what they glorify. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's going to cost you hard work, man. The 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 probability of you making it from day to night it is high most of the rich people out there they work and they use time as their advantage they put in work statistically speaking you can look at the the numbers you can look at the the numbers speak louder than words Mm -hmm. look at the numbers do your research it is very low percentage of people who made it from day to night it yeah. is very it's like less low than 0.1 percentage <laughs> yeah the more the, the people who are wealthy uh they you know crying they spend time they took advice and so on unless, uh, and unless, i i hope that you know in the future i mean um we can testify about it too unless you're a contestant so, for a game with mr beast um <laughs> yeah <laughs> mr beast <laughs> we got my man's Kevin over here trying to make yeah, it on rich. one of mr beast videos <laughs> he needs trying to encounter him at walmart yeah. <laughs> find him at walmart you catch him uh buying all the chocolate at walmart he's like is anybody recording <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man this matters and your no, heart has a lot to do with the way life is gonna play out mm-hmm and so tie it up tie it up jg yeah wrapping this up um i understand where the sentiment comes from of like there's no way rich people can come there because it's easy to judge wealthy people mm-hmm. it's easy to judge anybody really um and uh just kind of like make assumptions or or want to lean towards certain views that are negative and um detrimental to that person specifically to, to wealthy people for example um but at the same time that that negative view of judging wealthy people for having advice or a distraction that oh i don't have that distraction you know i'm not consumed by money um the rich young ruler walked away from jesus unable to take the leap of faith required to really follow him to really enter heaven um but question for everybody here watching what in your own life is preventing you from taking the same leap of faith what in your own life has the same hold on you that money had on that rich young ruler it doesn't have to be money it's not an issue about money so ask yourself that question is something really holding me but like if god if jesus told me to let go of this thing would i do it because i guarantee you there's there's a lot of us that that will probably all of us that will say yeah there there probably is yeah so it's not about the money. So let's not judge wealthy people and let's not become prideful in that aspect, right? It's someone who loves the world um, will not enter God's kingdom. It's not money. It's the material things on this earth, right? And it's not that the stuff on this earth is not good, but it's it's putting that over God, choosing that over God, um, over Christ, because he gave everything for us. Right. Right. He gave everything. He gave his life. He gave he said, I'm going to put away my holiness. I'm going to put away the fact that I am God and I don't need to do this for you. I'm going to put that to the side for 30 years, 30 something years. And I'm going to live the life you guys could never live and do what you guys could never do 
just for because y'all I love. because i love y'all yeah because i want the best for y'all and i created y'all to be loved by me to have a family i i i give y'all roles i give i tell y'all to evangelize even though i don't need you to i don't need you to evangelize for me i don't need you to go out and pray for people for me right i already know He's what gone. they're going through yeah but i want you to be part of what i'm doing mm-hmm. and this is all of a message of love so the problem isn't just money. Don't don't look at this verse anymore. Next time you talk about this with your friend or somebody, don't think of it about money. It's not about the money. And if we go to if we go to Second Timothy, there's a small example. Um, this is Paul writing to right? Timothy. Second Timothy four. Timothy 10. was a youth, right? So Paul says, um, "This is the end of 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 the book of Second Timothy." He's telling, um, he's writing out to people. He says, make every effort to come to me soon because Demas has deserted me. So this is somebody who was with Paul and he deserted him. It says, since he loved this present world and he left. Hmm. Right. So he, he was not willing to pay the cost. Mm-mm, he wasn't willing because he loved it. He doesn't say money. He says, he says the, world. He, the world. Yeah. The yeah. world. And the world is a lot of things. So yeah. what does the world mean to you? is my question what is that what what is the world what in the world to you is is money um the way it was to the rich man for some people it might even be lack of forgiveness yeah it can still holding on to their past still holding on to grudges still holding on to she hurt me who hurt me church hurt me when the whole time god was trying to get some stuff situated in your heart yeah yeah that's so, a good point yeah uh, so that's my my conclusion uh it's not money it's much broader than that uh like we said the world and apart from that um it's a it's a heart problem like what what can't you let go you know um if god were to tell you could you drop do it? it you yeah. know would um, you drop it would you let it go don't be prideful remember it's not through your own works it's through the grace of christ through his blood and that's the only way that it's ever going to be, mm-hmm. right? Um, so nothing that you do, no amount of pride, and uh, nothing on this earth materially will ever get you there. Amen. So analyze that's yourself. That's the beauty of it. I don't know if you guys have anything to comment, uh, but that's that's what I got. Nope. Uh, thank you, JG, for taking the time to do your research and uh, run us through this conversation. Um, like and subscribe, comment. If you have anything to add on, comment on the comment section please uh but uh we hope you enjoy this um episode i hope we'll catch uh, you uh hope next somebody time. Uh, somebody rich was watching us and they can testify in the comments <laughs> like i have a lot but i have things that are missing in my life that money can't buy please let us know in the comments and here's an offering to the pyc podcast i know <laughs> <laughs> patreon patreon I know. <laughs> yeah we yeah. do uh you can yeah listen so to us on spotify if you don't want to oh, watch yeah. it, you, yeah, we, we on do Spotify have, now. Uh, Spotify now, yeah. So if you don't want to so. watch this long YouTube video, you know. Just listen to us, man. Just let it play while you cook, while you're working, while you're in the office, you know. Just put a headphone on. Come on, man. It, it doesn't hurt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like, yeah. Like Kevin is uh, reaching out a little too. <laughs> Please. No. But uh, anyways, guys, thank you for being with us. God bless. See Stay y'all. strong. Hope you all enjoy. Peace. Bye. See you guys. God bless. Don't throw the peace sign, bro. So that diablo. Me lo dijo el ángel ñato. Anyways, should we start? Yes, sir. Are we recording? We are.
Hold on, let me let me let me do some faces real quick for uh, the thumbnail. <laughs> that one was good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no.